Hello and welcome to Technically Speaking, where scientists and engineers come together to chat about a common interest, share knowledge and satisfy some curiosity. I'm Antonia and in this episode I'm joined by Ellie and Laura to talk about collagen and the meat industry and whether we should be supplementing our diet with collagen pills. We started off talking about this in the fake meat episode and then Ellie, you came across news articles about deforestation and collagen. What's the link there? Yeah, so it's quite interesting. I've stumbled across this Guardian article, and then since I've done a bit more digging, and it seems that the margins for the cattle industry, especially in Brazil and the Amazon, are so tight that what collagen sort of gets claimed as like an organic waste product or like byproduct of the cattle industry. But because the margins are so tight, that's sort of not really a thing. So it's like a bit of a misnamed uh, phenomenon. And actually, it's really contributing to driving the sort of uh, cattle ranch growth into the Amazon and areas of deforestation, uh, causing them to expand and even uh, causing conflict with indigenous peoples in the Amazon. So, yeah, there's a lot more to it than it's the eye, I think. That sounds so lovely. So our obsession, I could say, or the vanity of collagen could be driving deforestation as well as our demand for meat and lumber uh, and just general living. Great, but let's take a step back and discuss what is collagen. Laura, as our resident jack of all trades, what do you know about collagen and its chemistry? Uh, I love the the deadpan irony in your voice there. Like, marvelous! The industry is doing terrible things to the world as well as other stuff. <laughs> but uh, thanks for the introduction as the jack of all trades. It's fair to say that I chemistry is not necessarily one of my strongest suits. Um, but I've always been fascinated by what our bodies do with the food we eat, and to me that all comes down to chemistry. Uh, so, I mean, as, as I say, I don't have a, a strong background in chemistry. I don't even have an A-level in it. But I did do some, uh, in my PhD, some simulations of how certain molecules interact. And I then worked with loads of chemists who were looking at, uh, well, how radiation affects different chemical reactions. So I picked up a lot of knowledge from them about general chemistry. And I think I've also developed a lot of skills that help me think critically about news stories like the one Ellie found that sounds quite intriguing. So I guess I'll, I'll get the ball rolling with some facts about collagen. Um, so it's a protein, which means it's a fairly large molecule. It's made up of amino acids and it's made by specialist cells in our body that um, have this really complicated process for actually producing collagen. Hmm, I see. So on top of everything else our, our body does, we, we make our own collagen. Um, so why... Do we need collagen in our body? It's one of the most abundant proteins in our body, I think. I think I read that it forms about 30% of the pro total mass of protein in your body. Um, it makes things stiff, so it's what gives bones their structure. It's what makes skin smooth and bouncy, and it also helps form tendons and ligaments. And it's, I think we said in the meat episode, it's actually in muscles as well. So it's a really important protein one of many important proteins I'd have thought. There's like multiple types of collagen as well. Apparently there's like nearly 28 types that might all be in your body. So yeah, it's, huh. it's doing a lot. It's like when we talk about multivitamins, there are 
actually so many vitamins and minerals that we need but it's about getting the right amount not just getting some yeah and a lot of those vitamins also contribute to how collagen is made so i mentioned there are amino acids i think there are like 20 amino acids and there are there eight that you can only get from your diet the rest of them your body can make but eight of them you have to consume from other sources um and collagen is made up of three of those non-essential ones mainly so the ones you can get in your diet uh, and that's what gives it this it gives it this sort of triple helix structure and that's it's triple helix structure that makes it quite strong it produces kind of long fibers so the, the fibers kind of form together to form bundles and that's what makes your ligaments and that's what gives your skin its uh, elasticity the other thing with collagen a lot of what i've read has said that you produce a lot of collagen as you're young and then once you get to sort of early 20s, moving into your 30s, the body produces less collagen, which is where all this um, like beauty, beauty industry comes into it because people want the elasticity in their skin. If you have less collagen, you're more likely to have wrinkles. But I mean, everyone gets wrinkles as they get older, but that's what it comes from, is that your body produces less. So then the appearances of ageing are more. And thus, this is why people want to take it as a supplement. Yeah, yeah. I read a biochemistry textbook about this. <laughs> I, have, I have the time. About ageing? It was about collagen synthesis. It did mention ageing, though. So in the skin, collagen is made in these special cells called fibroblasts. And it sounds like the population of the fibroblasts decreases as you age. So you have fewer fibroblasts in your skin. And they also become less productive. So it doesn't really matter how much collagen you eat or how many amino acids you eat. It's all about those fibroblasts. So they're the things that are important here. And eating collagen supplements isn't going to produce more fibroblasts. There's a big caveat with all of these things, like the Guardian articles. They say, oh, you know, people eat collagen supplements to look younger, but it's not a cure-all. It's not the elixir of youth. You're, you still have to, you know don't smoke, don't drink excessively, have a healthy diet, do a lot of exercise. So yeah, I think there's a bit of a, a beauty industry spin, perhaps, on how effective collagen supplements can be. There were some trials that looked into this, and they did say there seemed to be a benefit, but the supplements contain things as well as the collagen, which could have an effect, right? Yeah, I think there are studies proving that it will make your skin perhaps have more elasticity. But I don't know, like, realistically, it's not going to shave 20 years off your appearance, I do think. So is the idea that some people noticed that collagen production reduces as you age and they've gone with correlation equals causation. And so that's that's what the beauty industry have, have based this entire idea on. I guess so, yeah. Yeah, if people have gone from the viewpoint of, well, you have less collagen in your skin... So just putting it in your body will solve that. And that's as far as they sort of looked into it and kind of ignored all the other science that talks about all the processes that are required in these fibroblasts to produce the collagen. Yeah. I did actually do a search for can collagen be moved around the body? And I didn't find anything that answered that question. So I assumed that was a very silly question to ask because the answer is probably no. <laughs> so did you find if we could eat fi ribo fibo fiboblasts? supplements i didn't look into that because i figured that anything you eat will be broken down right the collagen that you eat is broken down into the amino acids which are absorbed into the body so the same would be true of these fibroblast cells your body would break it down in its components and then do whatever it wants with it 
it's not necessarily going to make more fibroblasts though yeah generally we have enzymes to digest proteins and sugars and all that so yeah i can't i can imagine the the stomach go or the enzymes in your mouth also just seeing there's that chemical that i can break down well then here i go (laughs) yum yum yep it's all about the chemistry okay so like these fibroblasts that I mentioned, I keep saying that word, it's starting to become meaningless in my head. <laughs> these, these collagen making factories in our skin, they require all these, um, or they produce all these helper molecules that help make the collagen. We have sequences in our DNA that code for all these helper molecules. So when we're look, thinking about aging, we're thinking about how all of these DNA strands are affected as we age. So any one of those helper molecules could become defective somehow as you age and that might be contributing to the decrease in collagen in your skin so kind of as we were saying eating collagen isn't necessarily helpful it's this entire aging process yeah it's like a network isn't it different like it's more than just this is in our skin we produce it it makes your skin elastic there was more information in the article that said as well that it's like it's got the power to communicate it's more than just a thing it like sends messages between different muscles or different things so like there's more going on than just it's a thing you can eat or it's a thing that we make that gets used in cells it does have its own way of doing things hmm. so just thinking that like, the fibroblast can say i need to make more collagen and it'll send a messenger chemical out to say bring me amino acids <laughs> Is that what you read? Or am I just going a bit crazy with the whole factory analogy? (laughs) Um, So I read that it says um, an active role in distributing signals between cells. And it helps repair, it like gets the cells that need to repair damages to like tendons or ligaments. And it even helps with the immune response as well. And apparently you can have collagen based materials to help control bleeding. So it's sort of a an all-singing, all-dancing protein by the sound of it. Or is it more like a, a hospital rather than a factory in this analogy? Yeah, well, apparently they um, gave uh, collagen supplements to people with, like, knee injuries or, like, rugby players that, you know, put a lot of stress on their joints and their ligaments. And it wasn't, like, a full clinical trial, but a lot of the people uh, that had this hydrolyzed collagen in this form for injuries did feel a lot better and they could see results like repairs in tendons and that sort of thing so yeah maybe it is more like hospital yeah so did they do a study parallel to that one where they just fed them a bunch of amino acids and looked to see if it had the same effect well this is what i'm saying like it wasn't a proper like you know control placebo clinical trial but i feel like maybe that's the way it's going if you can repair like tendons and stuff that's pretty big news for people you know competing in high level sport i mean it would be great if you if you could encourage recovery and and repair like that but um but yeah like laura says i am very skeptical who did the study is it people who make collagen supplements and why was there no control or placebo uh what did he say he said we did a placebo-controlled study of our American football team at UC Davis, and the athletes who got hydrolyzed collagen actually showed improvement markers performance in terms of how quickly they could develop force. Oh, okay, so it's 
encouraging the use of placebo to see if there was an effect, but it still doesn't answer the question about just eating a bunch of, bunch of uh, amino acids. Yeah, is it the same? I suppose, yeah, because right, collagen is made up of three amino acids, is it? So if you just ate them, would that have the same effect? Yeah, this is what I was wondering. So we said you said there are like 28 different types of collagen and there are three main amino acids, but then I think it's made of like 19 amino acids in total. So does eating those additional 15, 16, does that produce different types of collagen? Is that important? This is where it gets really complicated, right? Yeah, I don't even know which type of collagen he's talking about because there's so many and they're all slightly different. So I, d- I don't know is the answer. That's fair enough. Is this the kind of thing that we um, are kind of missing? Is collagen, when we talk about it generally, is it the whole group of collagens or are people talking about a specific collagen? Does Do these individual amino acids come separately and do we know which one's the most effective? Or is it just we have all of them and they're all together working, doing the thing? Because what if they interact with each other in a particular way that makes them do the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I didn't get a very thorough answer to, and I think it is because there is so many different biochemical processes involved to do very slightly different things. The way collagen is made, it, it starts off with taking the code from your DNA, and a load of amino acids are sort of found, used to make this chain of molecules. And then all these helper molecules come in that do other things to that chain and then more helper molecules come in to get more things to that chain that all modify it slightly by doing things like adding little bits of molecules to some of the amino acids <laughs> so no one was going to like sit there and explain the, all the ins and outs of um, collagen production in all its various ways I don't think um, I don't think I would make a very really interesting podcast either so I'm going to stop talking <laughs> Well, what I found with collagen is three amino acids, two of which are proline and glycine. I don't know what the third one is, but I don't know if that's like the main type of collagen. See, I read some that said that, but then I read like scientific studies that mentioned that they were the main components, but the other amino acids were still in there somewhere that modified the structure very slightly, but in a, signif- a way that was significant. <laughs> like a third of this a third of this and a third of this and then the like point three is all the other like 15 amino acids to like <laughs> complete it up to 100% that's what I figured I can imagine that even though slight changes make a big difference that it must explain why there are at least 28 different types of collagen right and they all seem to do different things mm. yeah I would have thought so this is where my non-biological brain as sorry as in i didn't study biology past gcse that that chemistry gets very complicated once you go into biology that i i just don't understand anymore i'm like why is it not just a simple you know co2 molecule h2o molecule no we don't even know well we might know the full chemistry of it but there's no point to it because the only bits we care about are the functional groups or the way the whole thing as a protein interacts with something else because of that whole lock and key structure mechanisms and things. Cool. I think we'll we'll park the chemistry there for now. Is that okay? We've confused you enough. I think we've reached the limits there. Let's put that aside and maybe zoom out a little and go onto the massive scale of deforestation. So the article that 
kicked off this episode was the link between the collagen industry, well, the collagen supplement in beauty industry to deforestation. So what's the link and how extensive is it? So we were talking before about how you can consume collagen supplements, but the collagen that you consume can come from beef, fish or pigs. So obviously then you need to uh, farm these animals. So mainly the beef is where the problem lies because, uh, as we all know, beef is a big driver of deforestation in the Amazon in Brazil. And you need space to farm cows. You, you just do that is the way that it goes. And so because collagen has become such a demanded product, uh, the farmers need more space because they need more cows to keep up with demand. So they're then felling much larger sections of the Amazon. And it's apparently worth, the collagen industry is now worth 4 billion, roughly. But I think the big sort of mismatch is why people didn't realise this before, is that collagen has been sold for quite a long time. It's like a waste product, you know, like, oh, these farmers in Brazil are farming cattle for the beef industry. And, you know, as they get killed, we're just taking off the collagen because otherwise it'd be thrown away. But I think that's actually not the case. And actually the collagen craze is driving the idea of having more cows and having more land and thus more deforestation as well. So I think it's it's a little bit not perhaps so well known. Uh, but yeah, it's a bit, well, it's quite dodgy really, <laughs> uh, for lack of a better way of putting it. And there was a big Guardian investigation with lots of other people uh, about these cattle ranches in Brazil. But I think collagen as an animal product is not regulated in the same way that like beef is regulated. And it doesn't have all these, you know, EU laws or all this, that and the other about it. And there's no pressure on companies to say where they're getting their collagen from or like trying to be sustainable or, you know, meeting targets and all that sort of thing. So I think it's quite, it's quite fishy the whole thing <laughs> which i think perhaps is why they did this big investigation because they wanted to to make the links see you said that the meat industry is regulated whereas the collagen industry isn't necessarily but the meat industry specifies how much collagen can go into the meat so they're kind of feeding the problem if you like yeah i mean i i guess so it says here that uh beef soya palm oil are covered by like due diligence legislation that's coming for the EU and the UK designed to like help combat deforestation but collagen is not part of that due diligence legislation so it's kind of even harder to keep track of and it's not perhaps seen in the same way by you know people politicians people making the laws so yeah it's quite it's quite interesting and it's like one of those things where you know you might get a bottle of shampoo and it says all natural ingredients, but what does that really mean? Is that I think it's a bit like one of those, like, oh, it's a waste product, organic waste product, but I don't really think it is anymore after reading it. <laughs> it sounds like it started off as a waste product. And someone think I don't know, maybe there was a bit of like, oh, well, someone else wants to use this waste and that's a good thing because we don't like waste. 
whole circular economy sounds like a good idea. I think you just found an example of where the circular economy isn't so good because it drives a more fundamental problem of resource use. Well, I think that's people misusing circular economy because it should also be not depleting. They're just trying to minimise waste in a narrow mindset that they're not seeing the whole picture. Just defending circular economy out here. (laughs) Yeah, that's a fair point. I like the idea of circular economy, but it does sound like they're taking it the wrong way. Yeah, there's this idea as well that if you're raising cattle for meat, that's where your profit is coming from. But what I think people don't realise is like things like leather and collagen can also make up, well, it's okay, 20% of the income for the farmers. So it's it's a big portion of profits. So it's not really a byproduct because they will have factored that in, what they can make for, you know, the cow as a whole, shall we say. So it is worth it to have more cows if you can make more profit from, from collagen as well. And then that, you know, raises demand for more pasture, clearing the forests, more deforestation, and yeah, even conflict with indigenous peoples. I read as well by uh, digging into the thing a bit more. You mentioned that twenty um, percent of the farmers' income or the meat producers' income comes from beauty products, and it, it was almost like the article was suggesting that they would raise cows just to sell as collagen. But then that seems like a lot of the animal would. If it's not being sold for meat, it would then go to waste. I, I feel like there should be a tension there or a balance between selling the meat products and selling the collagen products. I can't imagine any farmer just not selling meat and raising a cow just for that 20% profit. Yeah, I don't think anyone is doing that, to the best of my knowledge. I think the meat comes first because that's the majority of the world. But they would have factored in I think it's not just meat or collagen. It's the fact that the meat and the collagen are combined as to how much money you can get for that one cow, maybe. I'm not entirely sure, but that I think that's where it was leading. Well, that's something I found surprising about the meat and poultry industry is is for eggs, half, half the chickens are going to be gone so that they can make sure they get eggs. And the other half, because... You know, the the chickens that we eat and the chickens that lay eggs are not necessarily the same that we, you know, when you get to that kind of scale of farming, it becomes different. And I imagine maybe that's true for like whether there's meat cows that are better than the, the leather cows and therefore also better at producing collagen, maybe. <laughs> the really gristly cows, the ones that aren't particularly muscly. I don't know. <laughs> I think well, you do make different meat products from different age cows. I think that is pretty common, but I don't know enough about it to know if they, you know, have leather cows specifically, or all meat cows then become the leather comes from them as well. So yeah, I'm not sure to be honest. But they do say actually in this article that cattle are moved from farm to farm, like that's quite common during rearing. So it says a cow born on deforested land may be fattened for slaughter at a clean, in inverted commas, finishing ranch. So it's a bit more, even more dodgy because you can ship a cow across, you know, to different farms and 
in theory, they're supposed to have the capacity to track the cattle, but in practice, I don't know how uh, how well legislated that is. So this is like an auditing nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> you're try- you're just trying to trace where did this cow come from and find out did it is it linked to deforestation yeah if you imagine the actual practical steps of someone trying to do this on a i don't know how many how many cow how much cattle is raised and how much you can actually try and audit the whole supply chain i also wonder so going back to my point that our bodies do amazing things to produce stuff our bodies produce collagen cow's bodies produce collagen is there a link between the things that they eat and therefore the land that they live on and the amount of collagen they produce? You're talking about they move them around to different land where they have different purposes. So it's like a collagen producing land that's really good at providing them with what they need to make collagen. And that's where they go. And that somehow involves the land that's been deforested. I'm making a lot of leaps there. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably more a supply chain thing than what the cow eats in a certain area makes good collagen thing. But, I mean, I don't know for sure. Maybe there is some really tasty, excellent collagen-producing grass somewhere in Brazil, but I I don't think that's quite what they're doing. (laughs) No, I don't think it is either. I just it, it sounds like someone has an incredible dislike of the beauty industry and a bit of a dislike of the meat industry that drives deforestation. And they're sort of pressing this point that what you see of celebrities advertising these products isn't showing the reality yeah well talking of celebrities so jennifer aniston is a big is she like cfo or something like that for one of these vital proteins which is quite a big wellness company in the states i think and they make collagen products and they are owned by nestle and nestle is linked to some of these factories meat packing producers in brazil so it's all like the the supply chains are murky and they've got no obligation to track the environmental impact of their collagen products. So, yeah. Mm. Watch out, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> Journalists are on to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For legal purposes, I have no beef with Jen. <laughs> Great pun. I, see, I think there's, there's a bit of an argument for celebrities acting as like, you know, beacons for what people should aspire to be and you see this a lot with footballers and i think people like jennifer aniston should be held in the same regard she should have done due diligence i can't say that phrase due diligence to figure out if what she's supporting is really meeting un sustainability goals or whatever multi-organizational getting the world traveling in the right direction thing people should be paying attention to yeah i think the thing with her is she's like you know obviously celebrity status She's got influence. If she says collagen makes my skin look young and I feel sad, then people are going to gut buy it because of her, not necessarily realising, you know, the detrimental sides of it and the environmental impact. Exactly. And as I've often found in the science communication work that I do, facts don't necessarily convince people. It doesn't matter how many people you tell that it doesn't make a difference because it depends on your blastocysts. <laughs> <laughs> All they're going to see is Jennifer Aniston looking great and she's saying this thing. Yeah, make that a (laughs) t-shirt. So from what I'm getting is it it could be that eating collagen is somewhat helpful. But, you know, how do supplements differ from 
us just eating our balanced diet. I think the conclusion we're coming to is that they don't really. You're better off just eating what the NHS recommends that you eat. Mm. Yeah, I think don't smoke, don't drink excessively, do a reasonable amount of exercise, and I think you'd probably probably be okay. Wear sunscreen. It's probably better for your skin than taking collagen supplements. Yeah, I read a whole thing about um, how UV rays, they they seem to increase the production of this enzyme that makes the collagen, it breaks the collagen down. So they go protect the collagen you've got rather than <laughs> eating more of it. Exactly. Yeah, and the NHS, all their advice is built on a, an entire massive body of medical knowledge and they stay really up to date with it because I've, I've seen advice on their website change year on year when I've looked at a health thing uh, this health thing is up again so I look at it again and the advice has changed a lot of what they were saying was about aging effects the advice that Ellie's just uh, summarized there so really the scientific advice for having nicer skin is to prevent aging in the first place this is our advice <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, minimise the things that help accelerate the ageing. Maybe we think we should do a future episode on what is ageing, because we haven't really explained that, and it's not going to fit into this episode. What I read was scratching the surface. Telomeres. That's all I know about ageing. <laughs> it's all about your telomeres. Are they the best buddies of fibroblasts? <laughs> I've no idea. <laughs> when I was talking about Jennifer Aston and uh, Nestle and Vital Proteins and all of that, the reason that they were making these links is because the cattle raised on farms that contribute to the deforestation were processed in abattoirs that are linked to international collagen supply chains. So they can, in some, to some extent, trace it back. So you go to a shop, you buy a vital proteins product, that collagen that's in the product has come from a cow that was killed in Brazil that potentially was raised on illegally deforested land. That was the link that I was trying to make before. Okay. This kind of reminds me of the Drax episode about deforestation. You know, in that Panorama episode, the journalist followed a few trees to to get back to, did it come from a primary or ancient forest? So if we... You know, in a, in a world where we do have, you know, loads of drones, you know, we have aerial and satellite technology, we can almost track that. So if we solved that supply chain issue, does that make supplements in the beauty industry okay? What if we had vegan collagen supplements? Or should we just settle on the fact that at the end of the day, there isn't proven science about collagen supplements. It just sounds like fancier beauty science and there is no absolute evidence to go with this. There is some suggestion that you could make, you know, we were talking about fake meat before and making lab-grown meat. In theory, you could make lab-grown collagen. Yeah, I saw quite a few research articles about that and it it sounds really feasible and I would have liked to have learned more because the fibroblasts, Involved this really complicated set of reactions. So I wondered if they'd simplified it in the lab or if they just taken some fibroblasts and got them to do the work. <laughs> but then, if we're going into a world where things are more sustainable, which means using 
maybe fewer natural resources? Or are we going to start making everything in the lab and end up just eating molded protein that they eat in Firefly? Or it was in the Matrix as well, this kind of goo that everyone ate that had all the essential things that you needed in your diet, but was unpleasant looking. Yeah, that is a good point about supplements in general. Why do we still eat food when we know... <laughs> The, largely the macro nutrients and the micronutrients that we need why don't we just have that in a in a packet it's more efficient maybe we'd even save energy on like not cooking food and having a massive vat in a factory that produces it this sounds so appetizing doesn't it <laughs> i think you just answered your own question yeah. <laughs> i mean you're the chemical engineer here antonia so you have dealt with massive vats of stuff quite often would you have your entire diet grown in a massive fat and that's it and never eat anything else i mean personally i really enjoy textures of food and that's something i really struggle with being a flexitarian is a lot of you know those fake meats lack texture well maybe if the technology got there but like all those days where you, where you just can't be bothered to or, or in this case can't be bothered to slather on multiple creams and prevent some damage yeah why not just take the easy way out i mean if i could take a pill with the sun cream i absolutely would would it be sort of like a self-generating uv shield <laughs> i'm imagining like an x-men uh, character now with like <laughs> glowing skin yeah yeah going into the sort of nanobots episode that we did a while ago where they sort of come out of your skin and just form this like tiny invisible umbrella over you i think we've gotten really off topic now so let's leave it there. You know, we learn about what is collagen, firstly, and how it's made up of different amino acids. And even collagen itself could be loads of different types. And dubious about how useful it is in skincare, but has shown some promise in, in repairing injuries, um, improving recovery times. So it could be useful for sports medicine or you know after accidents and that kind of thing but also ultimately do we really know what what are what where the collagen comes from and is it linked to deforestation if it does is it worth it maybe let's just try and prevent the aging in the first place so if you like this episode i hope you will join us on social media sometime tell us what you thought about the various topics that we cover and we'll see you again soon with another episode the views expressed in this podcast belong entirely to the person that said them they do not represent any industry or organization if you enjoyed listening to these views it would really help us out if you could rate us leave a review and tell a friend this podcast was sponsored by no one but if you're interested in funding us to continue to have frank discussions about science and engineering please get in touch